We're going to be looking tonight in, in the book of Acts chapter 8, and we'll go there in just a couple of minutes with you. But you may have heard years ago there, were, there was a legend that was given, and there again it was a legend, so don't, don't think I'm taking things out of context, that when Jesus went back to heaven after his ascension, that he, um, he went there and, and the angels just began to look and they saw the scars in his hands. They saw the scars in his feet. And no one said anything. And then finally Gabriel spoke up and he said, Master, do they, do they know what you went through down there on earth? Do they appreciate what you've done? Do they really understand your, your suffering? Do they understand your sacrifice? And the Lord said, no, not really. He said, but I, I've told a, a few. I've told Peter, James, and John, and a few more others what I've done. And I've asked them to tell a few more who will tell a few more until one day the entire world will know about what I've done for them. Yeah. And Gabriel just stood there and knowing the nature of people. He said, Lord, is there a plan B? There's got to be another way, Lord, because humanity just won't do that. And the Lord said, there is no plan B. I'm counting on them. Years have passed since the Lord rose from the grave. I, I can move around a little bit. Okay. Years have passed since he's risen from the grave, since he's ascended back to the Father. And there's still no plan B. The way the Lord has chose to grow his church is by those who are part of that church to be a witness for him. And I want you to know today that there, there's still people in your life and there's people in my life who are unsaved. Some of them are family and some of them are friends, but they're unsaved. Some of them are even unchurched. Now, we're blessed if we got some unsaved people who will come to church. And, maybe, and there may be some unsaved here tonight. I, I don't know your, your hearts, but only God does. But, uh, but I will say this. You know, if, if we can get people in church who are unsaved, that's great. But some of them are not coming at all. And it's still our job to get out and be a witness for the Lord. Because there's still people in our life that they need to hear a gospel message. There's still someone in your life that needs to know that there is the eternal Son of God and His name is Jesus. There are some people who still need to know that Jesus was still born of a virgin. Regardless of what this world may be saying or what they may believe in, people still to know that he came from a virgin and he walked this life and he lived a sinless life. And when he went to a cross, he didn't go for his own sins. He, he went for mine and he, and he went for yours. People still need to hear that gospel message. Somebody still needs to know that he was nailed to a cross. And, and when they took him down, he, he was buried in a tomb, but, but the grave couldn't stop him and, and death couldn't hold him. Somebody still needs to understand that he got up up on the third day and he walked out of that grave and, and he went back to heaven and, and one day he's coming back and, and somebody still needs to know that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of this world. Someone, someone still needs to know that. That someone may be your someone. That someone may be my someone. But what I've got to ask you tonight is how do we reach that someone? What, what is it that we need to do? And there's, I'm sure there's all kind of ways that we can talk about evangelistic outreaches and different things. But I want to share something with you in the book of Acts. It just stands out to me. I think uh, hopefully it'll speak to us tonight. Acts 
chapter 8. And if you ought to stand for the reading of God's word, please do so. Let's look at verses 29 and, and then verse 30. I think most of you may be familiar with this scripture about Philip. The Bible says this, Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go, go near, and join thyself to this chariot. And notice what Philip did. The Bible says, And Philip ran thither to him, and heard him read the prophet Isaiah, and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? But you pray with me while you're standing. Gracious God, thank you for your presence in this place tonight. Thank you, dear God, for the songs that we've heard and how it's touched our heart. Thank you, dear God, for what we've already sensed here tonight. And Lord, only you know the hearts of the men and women here, the young and the old, dear God, the married and the single. Here's our prayer tonight, dear God, if there's someone listening to us who is unsaved, that tonight would be the night that they would surrender to you. But Lord God, by chance, if everyone is saved, I pray tonight that we all embrace this challenge that Pastor Hilton has put before his people that we will be more concerned about the unsaved and we will find that one that we need to reach. And Lord, help me for the next few moments just to share a few things that would challenge us and maybe even help us as we search and we reach that one. And we ask this all in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. 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 How do we reach our one? When you... Um, when you, when you look at Philip, I, I think most of you understand his storyline. I, I know that in a, in a church where you're, you're well-studied and you've got a great pastor who teaches you the Word of God. So, so you'll know that the Philip that we're talking about was one of the seven deacons. That's where he started at. But it's interesting that, that God still had more work for Philip to do. And there was still one he had to reach. Philip was involved even in a, a, a great food ministry. It was a good ministry at the time, feeding the widows. And it was a good thing, but there was still more Philip had to do, and there was still something that God wanted him to do, still someone he wanted him to reach. So, so Philip goes down to Samaria, and, and Philip is part of a great revival. People are being saved. The Bible talks about how his ministry is being confirmed with signs and wonders. Great things are happening. But even with all of that good stuff, God still had something else he wanted Philip to do. And there was still one more that Philip had to reach. And, and so Philip goes down to an area, it's a desert area, and he goes there for just one man. Right. And, he, and he reaches that one man. He, he shares the gospel with that one man. And that one man is saved. That one man is baptized. And that one man leaves rejoicing in the Lord. All because Philip realized there's still one for me to reach. And I think that's the same way with us tonight. I, I look around your church and, and you're doing some great things for the Lord. Let me just say, I, I applaud you for what you're doing. And, and Brother Hilton updates me with the things that are going around. You know, I, I just, what you've done just with your sanctuary alone is beautiful to me. The last time I came, I was preaching in a, in a different direction. And, and I, I tell you, man, it, it's great with what you're doing. But I can't help but wonder, Reedy Branch, with, with all the good things that you're doing, is it possible that God still has a 
little more for you to do. And, and even though you're, you're reaching people in this community and, and people in Fairmont and along 95 probably know who you are, is it still possible that, that God has a, a just a, a little more for you to do? And, and with the influence you have in Robinson County alone, is it still possible there's still a little more for you to do? Well, let me just go ahead and tell you the answer. The answer is yes. As long as there's unsaved people that work beside you, there's still a little more for you to do. As long as there's unchurched people in this community, there's still more for you to do. I'm not a know-it-all, and I don't have a, a, a doctor degree in evangelism, but I, know, I got enough common sense to know it is. When the Lord comes back, nobody else is going to be able to go that's heard the gospel message. So I tell you something, there, there's a priority, and there's an urgency. There, there's a sense that we've got to get out, and we've got to share the gospel message. Man, we come in here tonight and we hear this beautiful singing and it stirs our heart and, and we're talking about the angels stepping back so we can get there. But let me tell you something. We ought to have a desire for other people to want to go there with us and if that's the case, man, we got to share our faith. We got to share our story. We got to share what God has done for us. We got to let somebody know Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world and one day he's coming back and if you want to go back with him, you've got to be ready before he comes. They still need to hear. They still need to hear this message. So what do we do? How can we do it? Let me, let me just give you a couple of points that I see in these verses right here tonight. I think one thing is this. If, if we really want to reach our one, we've got to be willing to be submissive to God. We've we got to be willing just to say, yes, Lord. We got to obey the Lord. I want you to notice something in this, in this Bible. The Bible says this. When the Spirit spoke to Philip, the, the Bible says that the Spirit of God said, go join thyself to this chariot. Amen. Now, do you see what Philip did when God spoke? Do you see that? I don't want to be mean-spirited here, but did Philip go back and talk to the pastor? Do I need to go to that chariot, Pastor Hilton? No, he didn't. Did, did he go to the deacon board and say, boys, do y'all feel like I need to go to that chariot? Yeah. Do, do we read about where he prayed and fasted before he had to go? Listen to me. I believe in prayer and I will fast. But do you realize some things you don't even have to pray about? I know that may sound harsh, but I'll be honest with you. Some things are already in the book. And, and if God has said it, there's really no need to. Now, I do. Maybe we need to pray about our timing, and, and maybe we need to discern when to do and what to do. But let me tell you something. At the end of the day, if God said to do it, that's what we're supposed to do. And I think it's interesting to me when, when the Spirit of God, when he said, I want you to go, when Philip recognized it was the voice of God, when he knew without a shadow of a doubt it was the voice of God, he didn't have to consult with anybody else. He got up and he ran to that chair. He was submissive to God. And what I want to share with you tonight is this. Every now and then, if we want to reach one for the Lord, every now and then, if we want to find our one, I think it's going to start by being submissive to God and being obedient to God and saying, yes, God, when he speaks to us. That's what we have to do. Now, let me tell you something about being submissive. Now, you, you can shout me down and say, yes, preacher, that's right. Obey the Lord. Being submissive is not always as easy as it says it is. Some of you know what I'm talking about tonight. Why? It, 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 well, let's, let's look at Philip's situation. Sometimes you've got to be submissive in going to places that you may not always want to go. 
Well, that's what happened to Philip. He was submissive regardless of the place. Remember, I told you he was in Samaria. And in Samaria, there was a great revival going on. But the Lord said, I want you to go down south to a desert. Now, he could have had all kind of excuses for not going right there. Lord, you're blessing here. And you want me to go there? Lord, I really don't want to go to that place. Why? Because you're blessing here. Lord, it's too far for me. That place is too far. For, do you realize, Lord, it's 72 miles from my home? I don't need to go on a Monday night, Lord. But nevertheless, I'll do your will. Lord. You know, you're blessing here, Lord. You're not blessing. I'm telling you, this man could have used all kind of excuses for not going to the place that God wanted him to go. And quite honestly, me and you may have some of the same excuses. You know, God may be saying, I want you to go across the street. He's like, Lord, I don't want to go to that place. And Lord might be saying, I want you to go out of town. And I don't want to go to that place. But if you want to reach your one, you've got to obey God regardless of the place he tells you to go. That's what Philip did. He went down south. I'm going to tell you something else about obeying God. Sometimes it's not just a place that can cause us to get a little wrinkled. Sometimes it's the people at the place. I need you to stay with me on this one, okay? The Bible says when he got there, he saw a man. But it wasn't just any kind of man. It was an Ethiopian. That's what my Bible says. He was from Ethiopia. And he wasn't just an Ethiopian man. He was an Ethiopian eunuch. And he wasn't just an Ethiopian eunuch. He was an Ethiopian eunuch with a great position. He served as the, as the treasure for Candace, the, the queen of that area. Well, what does that mean, Pastor Mark? The Lord is saying, go to that chariot. That's your one. Lord, I don't want to go to that man. Why, Lord? Why, Phil? That man's from Ethiopia, Lord. Physically, Lord, he looks different from me. Am I okay right now? Okay. We, we all feel comfortable here tonight. Because we're all in the same family. Yeah. We all look basically the same. But when you want me to go talk to somebody, physically they're a little different, Lord. I'll make it easy for us. They're a little taller than I am, Lord. They're a little heavier than I am, Lord. If I can preach the text, they're a little darker than I am, Lord. But nevertheless, that's your one I want you to reach. Sometimes it's a little bit different. Well, Lord... It, is it okay for me to talk to this man? He looks different than I look. Lord, and, and Lord, furthermore, Lord, my law, the way I've been brought up, my Jewish law tells me that eunuch's not even allowed to come into my temple. Lord, is it safe for me to talk to that man? He's got more problems than I got. And you want me to go talk to him, Lord? That's your one, Philip. That's your one, Philip. Lord, well, his position is different from mine. What do you mean, Philip? He's, he's a man of authority, Lord. That's right. I've just been here on a mission for you. I don't even know if I'm qualified. Have you ever met people that you didn't think you were qualified to talk to? Yeah. 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 It happens all the time. <laughs> Can I tell you something? The way I've read the Bible, and you help me out tonight if I'm wrong. 
When, when I read about what heaven's going to be like, man, listen, I don't read about a little heaven here and a little heaven there. I don't read about different divisions in heaven. I don't even read about different denominations in heaven. I don't read about red and yellow and black and white heavens. No, I just read about heaven. I read about the place where the Lord is. I read about where the redeemed are. The ones who have been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the ones who are going to be there. Our hang up here is they're a little bit different. But because Philip was willing, regardless of the place, or regardless of the people, to go there, that one was saved. And that one was baptized. And that one went away rejoicing. I want to ask you tonight, if you're really sincere about who's your one and reaching that one, how submissive are you to the will of God? I mean, really, I mean, if, if we're really that sincere about reaching the unsaved and the unchurched, how submissive are we? Can I just take a minute to tell you about my story a little bit? Brother Hilton knows a lot about me. I, I used to be a bivocational pastor from 99 to to 04. And in 04, an opportunity opened in our denomination for me to, to go on staff in, in a position. And, and listen, folks, it was right in my back door, five miles, maybe less, from my home. It was a larger church. It was an opportunity to learn from, from those who were full-time. And, and I could still, you know, minister, but not have the responsibility as a head pastor. But it was a little different according to what I thought. Let me tell you, you see, I was used to ministering to a certain ethnic group. And these people were different. I was used to ministering to a certain socioeconomic class. And these people were different. I was used to a certain style of worship. And these people were different. And I could have used all the excuses I wanted because of that place and because of that people for not going. But I decided to say, yes, Lord, and I figured something out. The Lord has got a harvest of souls that's bigger than the little world that I grew up in. And, and he calls it the kingdom of God. The Lord has got a harvest that will amaze us. And it's not divided, but it's very diverse. And it's called the, the body of Christ. And, and the Lord has got a harvest that we never realized where there, there's people in that harvest and they got gifts that are different from mine. And if I'll just go there and I'll visit with them a little bit, their gifts can bless me and their gifts can edify me. But I've learned something also. I can go there with the gifts I've got and I can be a blessing to them and, and I can help build, build them up and it's called the church. It's not my church or, or your church. It's not the PH church or the Baptist church. It's called his church and it's the church that Jesus has built and if we want to build that church we've got to be willing to be submissive to the will of God. So you want to reach your one? you got to be submissive to God. Have I got time for one more point? If you really want to reach the unsaved, here's something else we learned from Philip. We've got to be willing to share our, our gift. Not just submit to God, but we really need to share our gift. I want you to notice something. that The Bible says when Philip ran there, he asked this unit a question. He said, do you understand what you're reading? 
And the, and the ideal, the image is real simple. Philip goes to the chariot. He hears this man reading. And in his mind, he's thinking, you don't understand it. Can I help you? I, I've got a gift that can bless you. Right now, you're struggling in the area, but I've got a, a gift. I've got a talent that God has given me. And because Philip was willing to get there and, and to use the gift that God has given him, I've said this about three times. You'll get it before we leave. That one man was saved. That one man was baptized. And that one man was rejoicing. Why? Because Philip not only went there in obedience to God, when Philip got there, he was willing to use the gift that God had given him. Now, I don't have time not to talk all about spiritual gifts. I, I'm sure Brother Hilton's talked to you about it. But this is my theory. I really believe this. I've got a strong conviction that when anybody accepts Jesus Christ as their Savior, I believe with my heart that God gives that person some type of gift. He gives that person some type of talent. And I really believe this, that, that God gives you that gift. He gives you that talent so that you can unify a local body of Christ and you can build up that local body. When you get saved and you come to Reedy Branch Baptist church there's something that you can do that no one else can do perhaps and there's something that you've got that this church has been missing so God saves you in his grace and his mercy he brings you here so that you can use that gift for the glory of God and if we really want to raise our one and reach our one find our one we've got to be willing to use our gift I'm going to tell you a couple things about using your gift tonight one is this using your gift requires perception and all I mean by that is this, you really got to be aware and tune in with the Spirit of God of how to use that gift. Now, I came in here tonight, and Brother Hilton gave me this lapel mic, and he told me this. I said, I said is it muted? He said, yes, so you can sing as loud as you want to. <laughs> See, what he, what he doesn't know, maybe he does know, Singing is not one of my spiritual gifts. Man, you, you don't want me to sing, okay? And, and I, I'm, I'm perceptive of that. I know when to use my gift. And, and like my brother said, oh, I, love, I, love, I love his testimony when he was singing this song. He said, every now and then, he's preaching a sermon, and he'll just begin to sing a song. You know? And the reason why is because he's very perceptive to the Holy Spirit. Because, right. he, listen, folks, this isn't a Pentecostal thing. But the Spirit of God still speaks, okay? Amen. Now, li listen to me. I, I, I've, I've never heard an audible voice. And I mean, if people say they have, but bless them. I mean, they, they may have, okay? But I know this. If His Spirit lives on the inside, and He does it for Christians, every now and then He bears witness to us. And, and you'll sense something within you that you need to do. You'll, you'll sense, am I, is that okay, all right? You, you'll sense something that you need to say to someone. You'll sense something that you need to do. And, and, and that's just the way he works. And we got to be perceptive. Now, Philip was there. The, the Bible says he, he heard, he heard this man read. And what it means is this. When, when he got there, he, he didn't hear the man mumbling. He clearly heard this man read. And, and the Greek context would imply when he asked him this question, he asked him in doubt. In other words, you really don't understand what you're reading, do you? you 
you're really I hear you reading but you're really lost but let me give you some good news God has sent me by and and I don't mean to be arrogant and I'm not trying to be boastful but he's given me a gift that I can help you understand what you're reading you see before I ever came here I was in Samaria and I was preaching the word of God and he used me and people got saved and before I ever went to Samaria I was in Jerusalem being a deacon and I was deacon the best I could and everything was working out good there. And now God has sent me to you and I just perceive that you need a little help. Every now and then, we're going to meet people and they're going to need our help and the Spirit of God will let you know. You know what? You need to pray for that person. You need to say hello to that person. You might need to buy that person lunch or you might need to take out her trash or you might need to walk her dog across the shop. I don't know what he may tell you to do. All I know is this. If you open up your heart and you're discerning, he will speak to you and that's how you can reach you one but you got to be perceptive you got to know where people are at you you really do well let me just make it a little bit more practical you've ever you've seen people at work and you say how's your day it's fun that's what their mouth is saying but you look in their eyes that's not what their eyes are saying how's it going for you it's all right but down deep it's not. And you know what you can do? As you continue to listen to the Spirit of God, He'll give you that opportunity to walk through that door. It's just about being perceptive of what's going on. I mean, you don't have to make a big scene. Don't, don't, please don't take this out of context. You don't, you don't have to just, here, we're going to get everybody on the line off from work, and we're going to pray over you right now. Now, if that's what God tells you to do, you obey God. But you know, it might be on your break. And you might just whisper to him, I'm going to be praying for you. And listen, if you need someone to talk with, I'll talk with you. And they'll begin to open up. And there might be some more avenues. that God has a way of doing that. God is such a gentleman. And he speaks in a way that we understand. Very personable. Very clear. And he lets us know what we need to do. I got to move on with this. But you don't just need to be perceptive. You got to be prepared. This is so, so important. I saw something in this, Brother Hilton, that really just jumped at me. I want you guys to see this. In verse 30, the Bible says he heard him read. Do you see what he said he heard him read? Do you see it? Yeah, Isaiah, you know, it's just a book of Isaiah. Isn't it interesting that the Lord was very specific about what he was reading? He, He didn't just say he was reading the Bible. And Philip just didn't sit there and say, "Mm, I hear him reading, but is it the Old Testament or the New Testament? Is the boy in Genesis or is he in Revelation? I know he don't understand what he's talking about, but where is he? No, the Bible says he heard him reading from Isaiah. You know what that tells me? That Philip wasn't just perceptive about his giftings, Philip was very prepared in his giftings. This wasn't the first time he had ever heard Isaiah, apparently. 
When he heard him read Isaiah 53, he knew it wasn't Genesis 1. He knew what he was talking about. And, and because he knew what he was talking about, because he was prepared, he was in advance, he, he knew what to do when the time came. He was able to, Bible, this is important, the Bible says Hilton, he took that very scripture, he took Isaiah 53, and he preached Jesus to him. What do you mean? This man didn't know what in the world he was reading about. He said, I don't know if this servant is himself or is it somebody else. He said, let me help you. I, I got some preparation in this. Can I move just, let me help you just a little bit. I know a little something about Isaiah 53. The servant that he's talking about is the eternal son of God. He was the one that was with God in the very beginning of time. But God loved you and, and God loved me and he needed a way to deal with sin but still justify a believing sinner. So that son that he loves so much, he sent him the earth as a servant and he walked this earth and, and this same servant suffered. He was beaten. He was spit upon and he went to a cross and he was nailed to that cross but he did it so he could be a sacrifice not for himself but for me and for you. And when we believe in him, we put our faith in him, we can be one. And the Bible says this eunuch, he said, here's some water. What would hinder me from being baptized? I love this. He says, you can if you believe with all your heart. This man took the Old Testament scripture and made it the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that unit was saved. And he was baptized. And he went away rejoicing. Just because this man was preparing his gift, what does that mean to me and you? We've, uh, we've got a little theme in our church. Matter of fact, I think when we launched this theme, Brother Hilton came and, and helped me preach. I, it may have been after Hurricane Matthew a few years ago. And we just call it, may I help you? May I help you? You may remember that, Pastor. And what it is, it was just our way of trying to help get our church to understand that we all need to discover our spiritual gifts. And we need to develop those gifts and use them for the glory of God. And even now, Pastor Hilton, in, in our bulletins at the church, we've still got that same little logo. And it says, may I help you? And it, it tells you who to see in these different ministry positions if you want to serve in a certain role. May I help you? I wonder when the last time we may have asked somebody that question. May I help you? Because I'm going to tell you something. You know, it's one thing about being perceptive. This is what God has called me to do. But are we really prepared for it? And I hope no one takes this out of context. But I'll just use Brother Hilton. I know you would not be a satisfied church on Sunday morning if this brother woke up every, every Sunday morning and said, I woke up today about 930. And this is what God has told me to tell you. Now, God may do that a few times. But this brother's a full-time pastor. And I'd venture to say that you want him to, well, pastor, brother, does he talk to you Monday through Saturday every now and then too? Now, what I'm saying, you need to be prepared before you get here. Choir members, I love a good song. Don't practice on us on Sunday morning. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'll get away from Sunday school teachers. Is that better? Don't wait till Sunday morning. Connections team, just don't show up at, you know, five minutes till it's time to start church and get in your position. Folks, we've got to get prepared for our ministries. That's all I'm saying. I want to say that as loving as I can, okay? God has given you that gift. And, and, and a person has said that, you know, 
his gift to you is your potential. And, and your gift back to him is, is your faithfulness. What, what, are you, what are you going to do with it? Okay? And it's the same way with me. It's the same way with each of you. He has gifted us different ways. And we just need to ask, may I help you? What can I do to help you? What can I do to serve you? And I think if we can answer that question, we may be surprised at the one that we're able to reach. Brother Ronnie, maybe you could come to the piano. and I'm going to close down here in just a moment. It was uh, just a few weeks ago. We, we got a, a ministry team at our church, and we call them emergency response. Now, I don't know how things are here in Fairmont, but th this team actually is made up of two different groups of people. It's made up of people that we call security people. And I hope that don't sound mean, but, but there's a certain time at our church that certain doors have to be closed. And we've got a group of guys that just patrol the campus and make sure it's going to be safe. And we've got some nurses on that team just in case something happens. It was just a few Wednesday nights ago. We were in church and everything was going well. And as somebody came and got me at the end of the service, said, Pastor, we've got a situation in the parking lot. And a man drove up on our, on, our, on our campus, and initially they thought the man was just under the influence and his car was broken down. But I'm going to tell you what our team did, Brother Hilton. They were applying that, may I help you. Someone fixed the man's car. Someone prayed with the man. Someone brought the man some water. Someone brought the man some food. He wasn't in any condition to drive. But it wasn't because he was impaired. It's because he was in the early stages of dementia, and he was lost. And his wife was probably a, a county away calling the authorities trying to find that man. Just by happen, somebody said earlier that God is good all the time. Yes. He let this man just happen to drive to a church where somebody asked a question, may I help you? Yes. May I help you? Well, we hope you've enjoyed the message today. And if you happen to not have a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. We want to invite you to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. It's as simple as the ABCs. If you would admit that you are a sinner and that you are in need of a Savior and believe that God sent His very Son, Jesus Christ, to come to this earth to be the sacrifice for our sins and that He died for our sins and He arose on the third day, and then if you would confess Him as your Lord and Savior, you can be saved. You must believe this with all your heart, and you must be willing to serve Him. If you are, all you have to do is talk with Jesus. You don't need a preacher. You don't need a church to get saved. But if you get saved, find yourself a Bible-believing church. And I believe God will richly bless you.